to this podcast series for the Angaza Awards, sponsored by Kenyan Wall Street. We're talking today with Njeri Jomo, a 2022 top 10 woman to watch in banking and finance, and the general manager retail business development at Britain Group. Welcome, Njeri. Thank you, Nuru. And congratulations. Congratulations on your Angaza Awards recognition. Thank you, Nuru. Thank you very much. Uh, definitely appreciate the recognition uh, from Angaza Awards. Great. So let's start with a view on Africa's insurance sector. COVID has unraveled um, years of economic and social progress uh, that we have seen as a continent. We have uh, seen millions pushed back into poverty or at risk of poverty. And really, we find that this pandemic has slowed strides many countries uh, have witnessed in the SME sector. So, Jerry, I'm interested in your views on how insurance underpins resilience. We hear a lot about this term resilience and build back better um, in, in this COVID era. So we're in, I'm interested in your views on how insurance underpins resilience, uh, particularly from a risk management perspective in this pandemic era. All right, Nuru, I, I, I mean, definitely COVID has been quite a disruption at all levels for businesses, um, for governments, for individuals, and even for us in the insurance industry uh, definitely um, resulted in some interesting outcomes uh, which we'll be discussing today. But more specifically uh, into high insurance and the PIN's resilience, I, I, if we go back to the real definition of what insurance is, insurance really is risk management. And the aim of insurance is to reduce financial uncertainty because on, an, on a daily basis, we are living with different kinds of risks. And we always, the question is always, how do we manage these risks? What do we, how do we mitigate the impact of these risks? And insurance comes in as that tool that helps us, helps us reduce that financial uncertainty. And COVID introduced one major um, I mean, quite a number uh, of, of uncertainties for, for business. And we saw a number of these risks emerge during the pandemic period, some of which will include loss of income. Quite a number of people lost their jobs as businesses struggled during this period. And that will obviously have an impact on their ability to service um, their own lifestyle needs, as well as any other uh, obligations they already had. We, already, we also have saw an increase in deaths as a result of COVID which if you'll note, a lot of insurance companies have considered pandemics and close home event to Kenya, we saw the regulator give guidance that insurance companies were to cover these deaths or the hospitalizations that resulted to this. There were also risks around default, banks and SACOs and lenders as people lost jobs and as, as businesses struggled, had a higher risk of default than usual. There were increased hospitalizations and even re issues regarding mental health the strain of anxiety and the stress, and therefore impacting uh, the costs relating to medical bills. And overall, the issue of business interruption, major business interruptions. We, we, show, we, we sort of saw areas like the hotel industry uh, closing for extensive periods of time, which have an, has an impact on their cash flows and their sustainability. So COVID introduced a whole new set of risks that perhaps brought the issue of risk mitigation uh, to the fore, and therefore how we continue uh, to address these risks as insurance together with the different players 
uh, is how we continue to support resilience during the pandemic period and into future, future years. Indeed, I think um, COVID has really unmasked uh, a new set of risks that perhaps um, some of our business sectors were not really geared towards. And, and one of the, the risks that I think COVID really has unmasked is the technological um, transition risk. The fact that we are seeing radical automation. I know a lot of us have talked about the fourth industrial revolution and what does that mean for how we compete and how we operate. But I think COVID has um, really uh, showed how automation is here and with us. Um, and, and really, we've also seen a complete shift to mobile-based finance. We know that um, mobile banking, for example, is maybe Kenya's greatest export to the world. And in some respects, I think Africa's comparative advantage is, is how we do payments over the mobile phone. What other um, technological innovations or disruptions are we seeing coming out of the insurance sector, maybe informed by COVID? And what can the world learn from Africa's insurance sector? Uh, Nuru, before the pandemic, uh, before, before we had COVID, uh, most insurance players had already begun leveraging on technology for quite a number of use cases, uh, whether it was onboarding, whether it was the, generally the entire value chain, a lot of automation was already going on. However, COVID, what COVID did was really just accelerate implementation, but we also saw experimentation in, in new use cases for, for technology. And just speaking to some of, of so some of the developments we saw that, that were impacted heavily by COVID was first the issue of telemedicine uh, as people were more confined to environments, increased hospitalizations, people were more unwell. We saw a, a huge upsurge of telemedicine today. It's now actively used and accepted as a way of, of doing business. And when it comes to customer onboarding, customer servicing, uh, we began to see the use of sales techniques that heavily leveraged on technology, use of Zoom, uh, use of Google Meet, use of all of these tools, uh, use of e-brochures generally without having reduced the face-to-face -face contact. And again, even after the COVID period, we've, we've continued to see these trends uh, increase. The use of digital channels, digital sales, digital service models, uh, this have and have now become pretty mainstream, even for the areas that they may not have been. And for one of the major ones that we saw in Kenya was the use of e-policy documents. Uh, previously, uh, whether it was regard with regard to legislation or, or way of doing business, the policy document that will close out the insurance contract was always a hard copy. And COVID accelerated uh, the move to fully uh, e-digital policies. So today we've seen the adoption of e-policy across the industry. And in addition to that, um, probably a Kenyan first leveraging on digital certificates for motor insurance. Today, when an individual in Kenya needs a motor certificate, they need to visit an insurance company. It no longer needs to be a physical transaction. All that can be done uh, digitally. We've also seen an increase in partnerships uh, with non-insurance players like banks, sort of saying, how can we meet the client at the point of convenience? And the more interesting one for me is the adoption of artificial intelligence in pricing. Uh, we've seen probably organizations like Pula uh, who are now leveraging on, on AI to sort of uh, 
look at how does weather, look at uh, predict, predictive analytics on whether these define or develop insurance like parametric insurances, uh, like agricultural yield insurance, automatic payment of claims, and generally automation of the full uh, insurance value chain. So for me, um, technology and technological innovations had already begun because already technology was a big buzzword and, and going digital was a big buzzword. What we then saw COVID do was accelerate the use of it and perhaps more use cases for technology, which we expect to continue being, being mainstream. I think that's just so fascinating. Um, and, and you're right, this, I think now that we've been in the COVID space for two years, it seems like the normal thing to have a digital signature and, and sign documents electronically when literally two years ago, you had to have the physical copy for certain contracts. So I think, I think it's interesting how also our mindsets have also shifted um, in a radical way. And we're really just adjusted uh, to this new digital way of working. And, and I think you're right. I think it really is exciting. I think the AI aspect and also really thinking about, okay, can we push it further, not just digital signing, uh, but automating the process and even looking at ways to incorporate blockchain um, technology and software in the contracting process. Um, which is all very now possible before it just sounded like something that just happens in Silicon Valley, but now it seems very possible for us, I think. That's true. And then what we did see during COVID, what COVID did for us was sort of an immediate alignment of all stakeholders that were going to make this possible. So that perhaps accelerated this and, and continues to make sure that we can leverage on this strength going forward. That's amazing. But what do you what do you think about the social aspect? I think um, because our social capital and also just culturally how we are as Africans, I think many of us, maybe sometimes, especially those of us in, in rural communities, we would say that our social capital um, really with the social networks we have and the family structure that we have, maybe we don't need insurance, maybe we don't need personal insurance. Um, so how has COVID influenced views? We've just talked about practice, right? What about views and culture? How has COVID influenced views on insurance? Um, are more micro and informal sector entrepreneurs and SMEs taking insurance because of what they've been through the past two years? We've probably been a mixed bag of reactions as a result of what COVID has presented. On one end, uh, a more, big, more strain on incomes, more strain uh, perhaps on, on what people consider or what they were already receiving uh, to take care of obligations. And for that group of people, you sort of have seen uh, them going back to focusing on just taking care of the basics and taking care of the essentials. And then you then begin to see insurance drop off from what would have ideally been a priority. And now we have seen more for the lower end of the market and perhaps the, 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 the slightly closer to the lower end of the market that continues to be a bigger push. And you'll notice what COVID also did introduce is a higher inflation across most, most economies. So therefore the, 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 the available funds to be able to take care of the pressing needs that they have continue. There's a shrink, shrink in what they can be able to spend on. So the group or set of people where you begin to see insurance drop off from what would ideally have been key considerations. But you're right. There has been an, an, a, probably another new entire set that have an appreciation 
for what insurance does. And the biggest area has been around business interruption, beginning to understand that there is an impact of, of, of such disruptions. How does this impact my business? Um, the whole aspect of, of wellness, we've seen a big growth uh, in the medical insurance space. It's always said that we're always just one hospitalization away uh, from bankruptcy. And we then have seen quite a number of people uh, begin to take on or begin to see the importance of having uh, medical insurance, uh, life insurance, education. These are areas that we continue to see growth in. For SMEs, depending on, on probably where the SME is at, uh, it, it was sort of starting out. We see this, this um, insurance sort of drop off from their essentials. But for those who are probably a lot more further on, more structured, more mature, those have uh, continued to, to have a quick, I mean, a, a serious uptake and begin to take on uh, more insurance that they previously had done. But what I, uh, I probably see is insurance, insurance now beginning to say, in this setup where the prioritization may change and insurance may drop off, how can we leverage all the data we now have to make sure that we tailor make relevant solutions that can continue making sure that, they, that insurance remains a key priority uh, for most individuals? or in, in organization uh, as well. Yeah, that's really fascinating. And then I think um, I think the more innovations like weather index insurance and yield cover um, get used, the more these types of products get used, I think you have more proof points um, to help influence that culture change as well, I think. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. That's great. So shifting gears a little bit, um, I'd like to, to touch base a little bit about you as a person. Um, you've really shared with us some really interesting views, but I'm interested in you as a person. How did you get into insurance um, and the whole risk management space? And um, there are women listening uh, to us and listening to this podcast and wondering what does it take to succeed in a leadership role in this insurance sector. So maybe you can just kind of share a little bit about your background and, and maybe some of the lessons you've learned. Um, well, I've been in insurance for generally in insurance and investments for about 20 years now. And uh, when you ask, how did I get into insurance? I keep saying it's not very often that most people uh, get into insurance deciding that this is what I, I, I want to do. I got into insurance by accident, a good accident, actually. Um, okay. Into it, did my initial course and thought, this is quite interesting, just understanding um, how we could manage risks uh, through this very underappreciated area uh, of the business. And therefore, that's how I completely got into it and, and, and have been in insurance since. Uh, speaking more to succeeding in leadership in this area, I keep saying, for me, um, I believe insurance, I mean, leadership and success in leadership comes down to a number of principles. And I keep saying, one, it's around your character. Who are you? What are your values? Because at the end of the day, rise and fall are on your value system. And because it's really down to who you are and, and your confidence for most female leaders, you don't want to raise your hand. You don't want to speak up, whether it's for personal reasons or for society perspectives that perhaps put pressure on you competence, uh, being deliberate to say, if I want to do this, what must I be good at? Be conscious about the aspects that um, you may not be good at. Uh, the other thing that I believe is absolutely critical uh, for success in leadership is a strong support system. 
for women in leadership, uh, especially for those who have families, it can be quite stretching, quite a number of different ones uh, to, to, to settle on and to take care of. So a support, a strong support system that understands you and understands your ambition is absolutely critical. And last but not least is authenticity. And I believe it's extremely critical to remain authentic. So at the end of the day, you're not, you're not trying to be what you're not. You're conscious of the aspects or whatever your strengths are, whatever you're not good at and continuously working on those and making sure that you remain true to yourself. Uh, often I have many discussions that you have individuals say they are struggling with imposter syndrome, but you will only struggle with feeling like an imposter if you're not truly, truly being yourself. So for me, it comes down to character. Who are you? What are your values? Because you do want to, to have comfort in who you are and because you, you rise and fall on, on, on your values, your confidence, your ability to, you know, stand, be willing, be willing to stand up, take a risk, stand out, your competence, working on your skill set and authenticity, really being clear on who you are and living your truth uh, in every in every space. So those are the four attributes. And of course, as I mentioned, a strong, strong support system. Uh, that continues to support you even as you navigate uh, the not so predictable journey of, of leadership. Yeah, that's amazing. I think I, I love how you say that you rise and fall on your values. Um, and, and indeed, I think we hear a lot about the need for authentic leadership. And also within this COVID experience, we're hearing a lot about that, uh, just being a caring, empathetic leader. And I think some of that also comes to being caring to yourself, right? So I think a lot of what you're talking about, making sure you have a good support system, it's also part of that self-care, um, just to make sure that you're more impactful. Thank you for sharing that. Um, as we wrap up, are, th are there any other final thoughts you might want to share? All right, I could share just a few. I think for me, um, just for everyone who's listening, uh, success is really attainable for all of us. Part of it will be hard. Part of it will be lucky bricks. It's often said you, I mean, you get lucky um, when, you're, when you're actually doing the hard work. Part of that will be good ideas, you know. At the end of the day, success is, is really attainable uh, to all of us. As you succeed, because you definitely will, uh, one of the things I'm, I'm always insistent on is do not lose your grace and your grit. You must remain grounded at all time and re remember the aspects that got you there because success is not really a destination. And success really is personal. We define what success means uh, to all of us. And to one of my absolute favorite quotes uh, by Tony Morrison is, when you get these jobs that you have so brilliantly trained for, just remember that your real job is that you're free. You need to free somebody else. If you have some power, then your job is to empower somebody else. And I believe that at the end of the day, if we are to be defined as successful, it means that we have perhaps unlocked a something that perhaps may be of value to somebody else. And the real opportunity of being given that opportunity to stand on a pedestal or to stand on that platform, perhaps even in this case, standing on this recognition, is to recognize that it is not just about being there. It is about being able to leverage on that platform you have to empower somebody else uh, so that they may also be able to attain the same. 
Wonderful. Thank you for that. And you're right. You're right. I think it's important that women such as yourselves who are in positions of leadership in the financial sector um, help create that space for other women. So for women clients, uh, for women in your organization, I I know um, a lot of the Angaza Awards, actually part of the reason why you all won was because you know how to balance doing what you need to do for your employers, but also giving back to society. And that's a really important aspect and why we want to recognize you, because I think you all recognize that need to um, hold that space for others. So thank you so much for your time, Jerry. We've, We've really gotten a wonderful picture of the future of the Africa's insurance sector. It's, and it, to me, just listening to you, it's a future of balance, right? We're balancing uncertainty. And at the same time, we're balancing responding to technological change. And, and what I hear from you based on the wonderful examples you've shared, including the use of artificial, inter, um, artificial intelligence in the insurance process, Um, I think we have a very bright future and I think Africa has a lot to teach the world in terms of really how to just make insurance more accessible and understandable and more relevant, particularly to that informal sector that is our base. And, and, And thanks for also sharing your secrets of success, really just looking at yourself as an authentic leader with 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 character and values um and you're reminding us to just raise your hand um wherever you are just so you can take advantage of those opportunities um and and of course just not forgetting to to make sure you you have a support system so thank you for sharing your your wonderful insights um we congratulate you again for your angaza awards recognition and we look forward to celebrating your achievement in june during the 2022 awards ceremony my name is Nuru Mogambi. I'm the chairperson of Angaza Awards, and it really has been such a pleasure uh, to host this discussion. I've learned a lot from Jerry, and Jerry, thank you so much um, for making the time to kind of share your thoughts with us and 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 spend some time with us. Thank you, thank you, Nuru. An, an absolute pleasure for me as well. Great, thank you, and thank you everybody for listening. Until next time.